0: The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right. Welcome back to the Black Male Archives. I am your host, Rodney Freeman, and we have with us John. John, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine, Rodney. How are you doing, sir?
0: Good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We met at the Charleston Black Ink Book Festival and um, I read your book. Uh, I didn't read the book, but I read, you know, the the background about your book. And um, I wanted to to kind of connect with you so we can get more and hear more about your story. Uh, so and so the listeners can hear about your story as well. So um, sure. if, if you can tell the listeners where you from and uh, the name of your book. Okay, good. Again, my name is John,
1: uh, Prelo. i'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And, uh, what inspired me to, uh, write this book is because I see a lot of our African-American males. Um, they actually, uh, went through, uh, went through the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, basics of public school and, uh, there is a lot of them that do not go to college a lot of them do not um, enter the military and sometimes it's difficult finding a job um, and, and the way I look at it is that um, when I graduated from high school I uh, saw a need to fulfill my dreams and uh, also graduated and went to uh, wanted to go to college but did not have the finances to do that so uh, I saw an opportunity for me to enter the military and I saw that was a uh, mechanism that was uh, before me and uh, once I complete my military obligations, I saw an opportunity where that uh, I will be able to have um, the funds are paid to go to college, and all of that, uh, my dream was fulfilled. I entered the military 1969, got out in 1974, and very fortunately, I was able to find a job four days after I got out of the military in the job that I wanted, which is actually law enforcement uh, Okay. My first dream was to become a highway patrolman. <laughs> okay. And and believe it or not, I had that already set up to meet with the uh, colonel of the uh, South Carolina Highway Patrol prior to uh, my discharge out of the military. My commanding officer, I was stationed in Gaeta, Italy, which is about 60 miles from Naples, the capital. Uh got a kind of nestled between Rome and mm-hmm. Naples, and I was stationed there for approximately two years and it uh, was a wonderful tour of duty and uh, worked for a uh, two-star admiral at the time. So I was able to uh, get a letter of recommendation, uh, I guess, from his uh, from the first lieutenant, who was, who was actually my supervisor at that time. Uh, so he wrote a letter of recommendation to the Highway Patrol, and I was able to send that off to the colonel and, um, with a, f- uh, photo of myself. And, uh, so I, I basically got an interview with him. I was scheduled yes. for an interview the day that I was discharged from the military. However, things changed slightly where I was able to uh, secure a job uh, with the, uh, naval base police department four days after discharge. And so I looked at the eyes and the, um, looked at the, um, the, I guess, my overall um, ability to um, fulfill that obligation very quickly, and uh, also the safety factor mm-hmm. that is involved. But, of course, I was willing to risk my life um, uh, to fulfill my dream, and um, just I was able to I wanted to uh, risk my life even and I did by entering the military. So um there are some things that I guess that was instilled in me that um that follow your dreams and sometimes we have to uh make a firm commitment to do that. And um so I was willing to do uh, uh that as far as uh you know putting my life on online to enter law enforcement and so so I weigh the odds and I I realized that working for the federal government will probably be a little bit safer than being out there in the the highway patrol department. Nevertheless, I started four days after, went through training, went through the proper uh, requirements to do that, and uh, started working at the Naval Base Police Department on the 4th of January, 1974. And I was there until the base closed in 1996, officially and uh, helped
0: oh,
1: wow. yeah, and help uh, actually uh, make that transition uh, to help secure the base uh, because it actually was on the closure list uh, at that particular time. The U.S. was actually um, closing a number of d- different bases, and mm-hmm. Charleston just happened to be on the on the slate for closure, and it finally did in 1996.
0: Wow. So okay, so you have this book that's out. So tell us. What's the name of the book? And then tell us what, what the book is about and how, how you got in, in, into writing um, this book about your life. Sure. Yes. Uh, I've always
1: wanted to uh, to do something like that, uh, but did not have the time nor the finances to pursue that. Uh, but after I retired uh, from several jobs, I was able to devote the time to uh, writing the book. But putting it everything together, I've always had the material because I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, so I was able to save all of my documents on the on the computer. And uh, once I was ready, I was able to move forward and do that. And the purpose of me writing the book is because. Although um, life was not hard, but um, somewhat of a challenge because of that particular time, Um And also from, uh, I guess, from the South and a young man growing up and uh, wanted to pursue a career in law enforcement and also to make the best out of what was before me. And um, so everything that I'd uh, uh, dreamed about and put forth a a lot of uh, my thoughts and uh, desires into that and hard work and and the education that I was able to, uh, that the government was able to pay for my education. Uh, I did enter college, tried in technical college, and I graduated from there. From there, I went to uh, Baptist College at that particular time. I attended Baptist College and wanted to enter the ministry. So I took some courses, and I uh, went there for approximately one year. And I transfer- transferred those uh, curriculums and uh, uh, those subjects to Cummins Theological Seminary, which is actually in Somerville, and that's a seminary that I'm actually associated with my church that I that I um, that I'm a part of here in Charleston, South Carolina, that I was actually attending. Uh, the Reform Episcopal Church ever since I was a young man, uh, got confirmed and then went into the military, but returned back later and started attending the same church, the uh, Reform Episcopal Church. Uh, so, I entered college, graduated, and then uh, I wanted to give the young men an avenue of um uh, of or their finances, taking care of themselves, not only themselves personally, but, but also their family as well. And if they decide to uh to get married and start to uh, start a family, they would have the revenue and that and have a way of uh uh, taking care of themselves financially and be very successful in doing that. And that's what I did. I did it basically the hard way, but it was fair and it was honest. And uh, and certainly it's just, it was uh, uh, very f- fruitful for me. And, uh, and uh, while working at the Naval Base Police Department, I was able to graduate uh, uh, to achieve the level uh, as chief of police within 10 years from day 1 from 1974 up until uh, 19 uh, uh, uh 10 years later i was able to um, to uh, acquire the position of chief of police and the first first african american uh black to uh reach that level and uh, and the youngest i was only 34 years of age when i was uh,
0: oh wow
1: i was uh, selected as chief of police and, and that's how uh, sincere and dedicated i was because i applied every Possible means, and all of my thoughts uh, and uh, and education, because I wanted to uh, do the best job I possibly could on the job itself, uh, and uh, and once I got on the job, I I realized how some of my counterparts, some of my coworkers, were actually being promoted, and I wasn't at that particular time, and and I saw that they uh, applied for the detective department. And being a detective, I saw that um, they were being promoted uh, at a rapid pace more so than the, just a regular patrolman. So so I pursued that and uh, w- went to the chief one day and said, so, uh, I would like to become a, a detective, an investigator. And, of course, I got turned down three times every time that I went to him. He said that. Um, I forgot exactly what he said, but um, it was definitely negative. But, but I continue and persevere. Every time a position would come available, I would actually went to him and personally. And uh, and after the third time, he said, "Okay, all right, John, uh, you're uh, you're a pretty good officer." And he said, "The next position that comes available, that I will give you an opportunity to do that." And he did. And he sent me on my first investigation. And he said, "Make sure that I come that that I would return with a suspect." Didn't have any lead. Didn't have any uh, yeah. Any clue of uh, of the break in or anything, but I came back with a suspect As a matter of fact, uh, I came up with three suspects and uh, and those three suspects turned out to be the juvenile that actually break in, made uh, break into uh, the pool hall on the government facility, which was about um, it was located about seven miles away from the base itself but we actually uh, was responsible for the housing development and uh, the pool hall actually belongs to the government at that time so so it turned out very fruitful, and, and when I came back with the, the suspect and, uh, and he was very impressed, he said, he said, he said "I yeah. didn't realize that you had that ability." And from there, and matter of fact, he was the one that, once I made that connection with him, he, uh, he, he actually gave me an opportunity to become the, the uh, corporal. He actually promoted me to be a sergeant, and he promoted me to be the lieutenant. He promoted me to be the assistant oh, wow. chief, and then he eventually uh, promoted me to the to the chief of police before he actually retired from that position. Oh, wow. But, of course, of course. I had to do the uh, requirements. It wasn't given to me, uh, yeah. but uh, but I had to work hard for it, and I continued to persevere, and, uh, and that's what happened with that. And, again, back to the book, the reason why the book was written is because then— with uh, perseverance, with, with with the education, with the with with um, with your ability to know that what's instilled in inside of you, knowing that you can do a particular job, knowing that you uh, should not give up, you should be able to um, be able to work hard and accomplish your goals and your dream. And um, the uh, another reason I wrote the book is because when the base closed in 1996, I was able to move from there to the Naval Weapons Station, which is about 12 miles away, to continue my federal time. And from there I was hired as a force protection and intelligence officer for the Army and dealt with prepositioning of float equipment and where that's involved war contingency and contingency any place in the world. And so the uh, prepositioning float equipment uh, provide war reserve equipment for for military personnel, mostly Army personnel, and these are uh, equipment that are stowed aboard vessels. A good idea that the U.S. came up with this particular idea because uh, they were actually uh, downsizing from uh, throughout the entire world, Germany and various other countries, so they came up with the idea of putting these equipment on board vessels. And a uh, uh, great idea, the downside, uh, every two years, these uh, equipment have to be uh, downloaded, taken, taken off rework getting it to 10 20 standards and re-upload and put back on the vessel sails to some strategic area until in time of war so so great idea uh, these uh, equipment uh, just sitting there but every two years you have to download it again and rework it because equipment sitting on board a vessel is it's not good. Uh, yeah. So you, the tire goes down. The um, the um, it, it probably have difficulty starting. Um, the antifreeze actually breaks down. The oil breaks down. Everything starts to break down. Approximately two years, so they have to be taken off, all changed. You know, uh, inflate the tires back um, and make sure these vehicles are running in a according to a ten ten twenty standard in case they need it for war. One of the difficult things about going to war is that. He, and you could mobilize troops a lot rapidly, than you can do equipment. E- equipment takes approximately uh-huh, six months, anywhere from one month mm. to six months to get ready. And then you still don't have all the equipment ready that you need in yeah. order if a war were to break out. Again, uh, back to the book, the reason why that I wrote the book is because after 37 and a half years with the federal government, I was able to retire. And I was only uh, 54 years of age. But during the interim, um when i got out of the military i was only 23 24 years of age and after working diligently for the government for the first two a year and a half i was able to build my house so i was able to build my home and i'm still in that home today from the ground up at i was about 26 years of age when i started building that house and
0: yeah
1: and um but when i got out of the military I had approximately $54,000 saved up. And uh, w- with that money, I was able to
0: start the construction, start the work on the house, and I was able to get it framed up. What do you want people to get take away from this book? What do you think is the most important thing that they, they get out of this book?
1: Uh, the most that I would like folks to... You know, take an opportunity to read it, especially for young folks and uh, um, that uh, male, female, white, uh, Caucasian, African-American, whomever. But but take a look at the book, you know, take a sincere um, effort to read the book and uh, and you would take away from it some things. Maybe it may not apply to you directly. And it may apply to you indirectly, but it, it will be able to help any young person that are starting their life out and uh, have no sense of direction or direction that they want to go. And um, for myself, I have pretty much done, uh, did a lot of things. And and I think that, you know, whatever it is in this book, that after you get through reading it, you might be able to take away from you might be able to apply it to um to your life your surroundings and and um be able to be a productive individuals uh persevere work hard hard work does pay off uh but stay focused stay focused and and most of all uh the spiritual aspects of of it is is also very uh intrigued because i did not give up my spirituality and while it was in, in I was working even when I went into the military. Up to now, and um, certainly that we can do great things, or we can do better things if we uh, put our trust in an Almighty God. And, and that's what I've done ever since the beginning. And um, and I recall my mother giving me a little small black Bible when I entered the military, and mm-hmm. and uh, it, I mean it, it was difficult leaving home and leaving my family. But my mother always encouraged me to read this Bible, and it would bring me the comfort and joy that whenever I get lonely, or whenever I get sad, or whenever I have any um, any issues, there is something in the Bible I feel that that we can help us to uh, to be ra- be grounded and rooted, and uh, and uh, you know, once we get grounded in um, Almighty God and His Word, that we. We will become um, productive. We will become stable. We will become whatever you want in life. I, I believe truly within my heart that He will help. God will help us. The Spirit of Almighty God will help us to achieve that.
0: Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. Walking along His path will definitely bring you peace and um uh, and just that 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 comfort that you talk about. So I'm I'm glad you, you said that. What other um, are you working on any other books or any other projects?
1: I am also an an inventor. It's actually also in the book. (laughs) And I'm very happy about that. And uh, that's about ready to be um, placed on the market. And uh, shortly here, I I have the prototype and uh, and we're actually in the final stage of uh, finalizing that. And once I complete that, that will be out on the market for uh, anyone to purchase. And the invention actually is, um, if it's okay to say it, uh, it, it's actually called the ice pocket. And uh, it's actually mentioned in the book. And and the reason I came up with this idea is because that uh, a lot of individuals uh, that will carry their medication around, uh, maybe they'll carry it around in a cooler. Or they need to carry it with them at all times. It does not, uh, and, and it's allowed them to have the the mobility and the freedom to to carry the insulin, for an example, on their persons. Um, mm. And so, I came up with this um, small um, case or cooler, uh, and is actually it will actually refrigerate uh, our insulin up to approximately seven to eight hours and it'll be, it'll be ready to to you to use whenever you need it and uh yeah it's actually and it's and you know if you use it properly you, uh, you keep it out of direct sunlight uh mm-hmm. but actually keep it on uh in a cool place uh it, it could last seven to eight hours uh so it's properly used so so i'm very happy about that it's already been tested and um uh, certainly uh and it's not very big it's uh is actually on is so it's about five uh five inch by five and a half inches and uh it's uh it actually can fit actually into the pocket of a male or inside of a purse of a female so uh and i've spoken to a lot of individuals and um and they said oh yes i probably could use something like that because i have to carry my insulin around and um uh in a large cooler if they're traveling on the highway um but you can still carry it in a cooler but let's say for instance you're going to go to disney world yeah and yes and you're walking around for the average individual walk around three to four hours uh, at a time and uh and you don't know when you may need to um you know to to utilize your insulin so so therefore you can carry it on your persons and uh and that's what the case was designed for if you're going out for tonight on i mean we just uh, celebrate Valentine's Day on yesterday and
0: yeah
1: or uh, you know you want to spend time with your with your significant other you can you can ha- you can have your um you know, your insulin with you or any type of item that need refrigeration
0: hmm. that's cool that's really cool that's i'm I'm definitely going to be looking for that um. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that's awesome that, you know, because I, I my mom, um, well, not my mom, my, my grandmother uh, uh, took insulin. And I remember, I remember her, you know, we would definitely, if we were out somewhere, we would have to come home and and get the insulin out of the refrigerator after several hours or whatever, if she needed it. We couldn't, at that point, that was, this was back in the Midwest the late 80s early 90s or whatever so right. you know but you know I, yeah you make you make a really good point you know when you're especially like yeah if you're in a theme park and you're just out and about for the day you do mm-hmm. need that on you so i think that's i i, I definitely yeah. want to circle back with you once it gets released and everything and, and have us uh just talk about that because you know that is one of the good things about um about this, you know, getting to talk to people and finding the different um, things that they're involved. Like they're not just a writer, but they're also an inventor too. So, so yeah, we definitely need to circle back on this. So, okay. So tell the listeners where they can get the book, the title of the book and where they can get the book from.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, The book is now listed on Amazon and uh, you just go directly to Amazon, type in my name, John Prelo, P-R-I- o l e a u and my book should and it will pop up and uh, are and it says if I can do it you can do it also but better because and because I feel that we can all learn from each other and uh, and you know whatever you can take away from this book uh, certainly use it to your advantage use it for whatever reasons there's a lot of good stuff things in there um most of all uh, uh be persistent uh, be sincere and and pursue your dreams and um, certainly all other things will fall in place and uh you know there's a, a couple of uh or one particular instance where that um I almost died and uh and uh in 2018 and uh certainly um uh, my faith uh, brought me through, and uh, certainly that's in the book as well. And uh, and I put all of my faith and trust in God. So, uh, and maybe you don't believe in God, or maybe you don't believe in the Supreme Being or High Being. Then then that's your choice. That's fine. Uh, but but certainly we all believe in something. So, uh, uh, but um, yeah. put your faith and trust in Almighty God, and uh, you can't go wrong.
0: You're right about that. And that's a good note for us to end on. And I'm glad we're talking about this. And I know this will reach some young people. I I think this is going to be good for them to hear. So John, John Pramu, thank you for you being on the black male archives where we capture, curate and promote positive stories about black men, which you are one of. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank
1: you very much for this opportunity. And, uh, Certainly, hopefully, I can be able to shed some light in somebody's life and just make it a lot brighter. And um, and I'm also a, um, of course, an ordained minister as well, and uh, that's in the book. And uh, and right now, I'm, I'm serving as an on a voluntary basis, I'm serving as a coastal crisis chaplain and uh, in the Charleston area, and where I will actually respond to crisis here in the Charleston area, and that's for to for any uh first responder or law enforcement officer that got slayed in the line of duty and you know we're there to assist with with, uh their them and also their family as well because i certainly believe in giving back to the community and this is what i do and uh and i've been a part of the coastal crisis chaplaincy here in the charleston area for approximately 29 almost 30 years
0: wow Oh wow. Man, that is that is awesome. So man, thank you so much for this. And also we want to follow back uh circle back with you so we can uh, talk to you about about the adventure. What is the name of the invention? Did you did you give it a name? Yes, it's called the ice pocket. The ice pocket. Okay. Yeah. We'll circle back about the ice pocket and, uh, and also talk about um, you being a minister too. So we'll circle back with you. So thank you again sure, for being absolutely. on the podcast. Absolutely,
1: I love talking about the Lord and, and my life and, and the inspiration of the uh, Holy spirit and uh, certainly um, it's done. One is for, for me, for myself yeah. my family. And, um, certainly my kids, uh, um, uh, Actually, growing up knowing Almighty God. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll be happy to talk about it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, sir. Will you have a good night? Take care and God bless you. Same to you. All right. Bye. Bye.